is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We will start things out here by going straight to your phone calls. Coming up, I might get to an email, and uh, Luther's got something about the SEC, which just sounds absolutely gripping. Uh, But we'll see where it's coming from. It's 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 an unusual perspective, I guess. Uh, But first, to the phones and the fun, Chris is in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hi, uh, Ian. Uh, I have a couple things to talk about tonight, but I'm just going to start off with taxes. Uh, I did not file on April 15th, and I don't plan on filing. Uh, my girlfriend did not file, but my dad did. And uh, can you guess how much he had to pay? I don't know what he makes. So $3,872. Good guess. $53,000. Wow. Darn. What does your dad wow. do? <laughs> he owns a warehouse and trucking company. Gotcha. Not the biggest companies in the world, but enough that he has to pay $53,000. Mm. That's a bit steep, if you ask me. That's a lot of bullets uh, to uh, to kill folks in foreign countries with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's more to do with uh, little poor people's mouths to feed around here. It's all those things. I mean, uh, certainly the, the entitlement programs <clears throat> um, are a, a huge amount of the budget, but, um, you know, it's all, it money's fungible. It goes wherever you want it to go. Right. Um, the next thing, um, that's a pork fest. I'm coming up for Porkfest. Mark, I was just talking to you on Facebook a few minutes ago about it. Um, I'm going to be bringing a few things up with me. I put a uh, couple posts up on Free Keen, and hopefully you guys will look at that. Okay, what's the Um, relevance to our listeners? What's that? What What do you uh, What do you want to share that's uh, that you know is relevant beyond just your your life? I mean. I mean, to, uh, to our listeners, what? Why would our listeners care that you're going to Pork Fest? What are you going to do? What is what's what interesting bringing? about it? What are you bringing? Tell me more. I'm planning on bringing a large amount of silver um, and cigarettes. Ah, okay. do, making your own underground economy air. kind of thing. So, so you're kind planning on selling uh, cigarettes and silver? Yes. Oh, good, good. There's going to be, a, from what I understand, an entire. Uh, area where there will be underground sales, uh, black. I, I guess black market isn't necessarily the right uh, term for it, but uh, agorist types of uh, non or unlicensed selling. Uh, you know, you're not asking any government right. permission to uh, to bring the cigarettes and sell those. Yeah, I'll be partaking in that a bit. You will be partaking. You will be actually selling something. I or will. Be well, purchasing. I, I plan on. No, I'll be selling something. Oh, maybe buy something. It depends. So is it like a secret, Luther? Or? Oh, no, it's no secret. It's going to be a bake sale. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, people are going to be making food and, and selling that. And uh, I believe tattoos will be being sold by at least one or two, if not two, uh, tattoo artists. So actually, from what I understand, we're going to have some competition because I'm pretty sure you're not going to be the only one selling silver and uh, precious metals. At, I'm uh, sure. There's going to be a lot of silver. <laughs> That's a popular uh, sales item. So uh, very I might cool. have actually trouble selling it because it's... Uh... 100 ounces bars of silver. Oh, good heavens. 100 ounce bars? Yes. That's a lot of silver. Yeah, rounds rounds go better, uh, at least in this area. Rounds are usually what people buy. You're talking about 100 ounces. That's $2,000 roughly, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Uh, About $1,600, actually. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of silver. But I can get it for a very low price. 
Neat. Like, now, how are you? Gonna, now, it's not that the not to suggest that there uh, that the people at Porcupine Freedom Festival, this uh, summertime gathering of the Free State Project and interested parties, and it's really just a big uh, camping uh, shindig in the woods, and it's a lot of fun. But not to say that anybody is untrustworthy, but carrying around a few thousand dollars worth of silver, I mean, do you have security precautions you're going to take? Because in many cases, it's not just free staters and liberty people that are at the campground. It's an open campground, and so uh, anybody could be there. I mean, are you you a little concerned about turning around? Well, I won't be keeping it on site. Um, It's too much money to be keeping on site. I might take one bar with me, but uh, most of it's probably going to be in a safe deposit box in a bank in town. Oh, in the actual uh, lo- in the town nearby where the event happens, Lancaster. Right, right. I see. Oh, okay, a terrible so, idea. Yeah, I was a little worried that you were going to back a truck up to your campsite and have like, <laughs> twenty Beep. gold, silver bars, hundred ounce bars back there. No, well, no, no, no. That would be um, a bit dumb on my part. I think. Well, it's, clearly you know what you're doing, and uh, <laughs> and I I don't. So that's uh, that's good to know. Anything else you want to share tonight, Chris? Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, I had something else, but I forgot about it, so I guess it wasn't that important. That's all right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, and we'll see you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live. I was just on the Porkfest Facebook event, and I think they've got over, I think I saw over 600 people, 600 people that are confirmed to be attending. Maybe it was over five. It was a lot. It was. I was blown away by how many people have confirmed at this point that they'll be attending the 2010 the, Porcupine Freedom bigger Festival. than any of the previous ones, and I can tell you that <laughs> the previous ones have been a lot of fun. So yeah, The most recent one was, uh, last year was incredible. Uh, so 800-259-9231. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com to learn more about the event. And I'm sure if you just search for Porkfest 2010 on Facebook, you can find the event there, which has a lot of uh, information. 606 confirmed guests right now. Uh, for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it's going to be a blast because I, I know you know more people are going to come out than that. Uh, as far as just people coming through for the weekend, people that don't have Facebook, uh, that kind of thing. So we continue here uh, with uh, whatever you want to talk about, and we go unscreened to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hey guys, this is Kurt from Michigan. How are you today, Kurt? What's on your mind hey. tonight? Well, make that 607 because I, I haven't really confirmed on Facebook, but I'm certainly going to be there. All right, great. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's not a reality I, until you status update, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, virtual reality, right? <laughs> um, anyway, I've got, I've got two quotes for you, both said by the same person. And one is so amazing and so powerful that I read it to myself at least 100 times that day so I would never forget it. And the other is, is uh, the depth of depravity, and that's the one who you'll know who said both of these quotes. So here's the first one. Nothing, not the purpose that it serves or the valor with which it is fought, can glorify war. War is wretched beyond all description, and only a fool or a fraud can sentimentalize its cruel reality. I know who it is. Smedley Butler. No. No. Am am I allowed to guess? But I'll ruin it for you. If if you want. Uh, It's Abraham Lincoln. That's what I thought, too. What? I thought that, too. No. <laughs> okay, go on. Here's, I'm floored. Here's the, second, here's the second quote. Same person, or is it the same person for both same, quotes? Same person, yep. Okay. Bomb, 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 Iran. Oh, wow. wow. John McCain. It's crazy. Oh, man. Now, he wait a minute. Now, for, wait, uh, when was the first one run- said? He was running for uh, um, the uh, Republican nomination in 2000, 
and somebody asked him if he missed the camaraderie and was sentimental about you know his his uh, his uh, uh, military uh, time, and and that's what he said. I'm sure it was totally canned, you know. Uh, he had had it scripted and ready, but hmm, I just found like it. it to be so powerful. Yeah. Wow. I'm shocked. And then he wants so, to bomb Iran. I, yeah, <laughs> well, that's exactly. not war, Mark. That's just bombing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I really wanted to talk about was uh, a couple of days ago, a guy named Dave, who was a, a new listener, called in about voting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've called in uh, about it before, and I've kind of got... Uh, my argument together, and I've, I've got two questions. I like to try to get my my uh, argument across with questions. Um, and my, my first question is, under what circumstances can I remain principled within a context of liberty and choose your leader? Under what circumstances can I remain principled and choose your leader? Meaning, yeah. meaning choose a leader for right. other people? Right, right, exactly. Under what situ- um, you know, under what situation can you remain, uh, you know, uh, pure uh, liberty-wise by allowing someone else to uh, to choose my leader? My, my, your defense is not my is not my issue. I can only defend myself. Let's talk you about can, it further. You can defend me if you choose. H- hang on a moment here. Well, I, I I'm not interested in choosing leaders for anybody. Uh, so uh, maybe let's get on the same page. Let's continue this conversation. Hang on, Kurt. 800-259-9231. Uh, talking voting. And you can bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. You want to get signed up for the news updates? We have three different ways that you can accomplish it. Uh, doing so by going to news.freetalklive.com. You can get access to our emailed updates. You can join our Twitter. Uh, you can follow our Twitter profile. You can also like us, as they call it now, on Facebook. You can do it all, and it's all free, of course. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That is news.freetalklive.com. And if you've tried to lose weight in the past and not had a lot of luck, uh, I've got a product that uh, that I've kind of put together with some experts. It's called LumaThin Plus. Go to LumaThinPlus.com and uh, check it out. It is a Caroluma, super concentrated Caroluma for- formula. It, uh, it suppresses your appetite. You don't have to change your lifestyle in any way. You just eat what you want to eat and act the way you want to act and you'll still lose weight. 
but you won't get jittery in the process. Uh, you just take the pill twice a day. Uh, I, some people, I've been taking two just because I want to, you know, I, I've been eating a lot because I've smoked, uh, quit smoking recently. But um, it's LumathinPlus.com. I think it's working for me. I think it'll work for you. LumathinPlus.com. All right. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. As we continue, uh, we go back to the phone's and back, ooh, wait a minute, we go back to the amp line where Kurt is on the line in Michigan. Now, Kurt, you're with us. You had a question that you wanted to ask about voting. Can you go ahead and re-ask that, and we'll take it up from there? Well, actually, it's like there, there are two questions. They're kind of companion questions. Okay. How about if I answer the second? It's pretty much the same as the first, just with a, a different context. Under what circumstance can I remain principled within a libertarian context and say and have a say in how your forcefully expropriated funds are appropriated? This almost sounds like a Riddler joke from the old Batman series. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you say libertarian uh, principles, you want to remain principled from a libertarian perspective, that means that you don't want to aggress against other people, right? You don't want to aggress against uh, your neighbors, your peaceful neighbors. That's that's correct. Okay, so how can you remain uh, in in support of non-aggression, in support of peace, but at the same time choose leaders for other people or... Uh, how to appropriate funds that have been expropriated from people at the threat of at the threat of violence? Yes. Under what circumstances can I stay a principled small L libertarian? Well, um, I think you would be principled because uh, first off, these these people are. Uh, going to aggress, uh, they aggress against you, right? They're they're part of an organization that aggresses against you. So you can do what it is that you wish in order to uh, prevent yourself from being aggressed against. Because I think that we have enough, uh, I think we have enough uh, background material on politicians to realize that they use the apparatus of government to aggress on people. Would you agree with that, Kurt? Well, yes. But when you vote, you're not aggressing against them. You're aggressing against your neighbor because you're determining how. You know who his leader is going to be, and that's an aggression against him. So, if my neighbor's voting, um, it, it, if if you're claiming that I'm aggressing against my neighbor, then you're claiming that my neighbor's aggressing against me. Is that so? Well, if he, if he's voting as well, but what about someone like me who doesn't vote? Um, well, I, I, I'm, we're, let's talk about the people that are voting, though, right? Like they're they're consenting to be aggressed against, essentially, by participating in a system where they get uh, where they are aggressing against other people. Is that not so? But my, my, my funds are being forcefully expropriated from me. And what and does, what does my vote where have? They're, where they're going to go and the politicians to direct them are aggressing against me. And what, and, and, and what does my vote have to do with that, Kurt? If I'm going to vote for a person or an issue, I'm going to vote for fewer of your funds to be stolen from you and uh, aggressed, well, uh, aggress, ag- aggressively taken I, from I, you. So I, That's a point well taken, but... I believe that voting breaks down before you even hit the voting booth because you're already you're already in the mindset of that you do have the right to say where my expropriated funds go. So I mean, whether you vote the, the right way or not, it, you are still going in there with the idea that you have the right to say where my expropriated funds go. No, you're telling me where I believe that I that um, your funds should go, and I believe that you sh- your funds should stay in your pocket to be used in the way that you feel is best. And the reason that I'm going to vote is to keep as many of those funds in your po- in your pocket as possible. I don't but think that's voting not on the ballot. What's that? That's not on the ballot. Well, um, the, you one can make an attempt, right? So, I mean, you know, like it's the choice of getting shot in the arm or shot in the leg or shot in the heart. I would prefer to get shot in the leg or the arm, not in the heart. I would prefer the arm. Well, it, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
Now, but, but again, what you're saying is where you'd prefer they shoot me. You know, again, when well, you're voting. I, I, I think the analogy I, to me, the analogy to me is like if you're if there's a stoning going on in the middle of the in the the city, and you only throw one stone, that stone probably didn't kill that person, but you still threw a stone. But what my intention is is to to throw the stone in order to knock another stone out of the air. But this and the stoning is going to happen whether or not uh, you're you're participating. Uh, you, you feel you're forced to participate in it or not. I mean, the, if even if nobody goes to turn out of the polls, the government will still continue in its aggression. So there's always there's always an excuse to abandon the principle. You know, I mean, just because that that aggression will continue doesn't mean that you should abandon the principle and join in with the stoning. Is it, is it also, let me ask you this, Kurt, is it also, uh, because I'm not a real huge fan of voting, and at the same time I don't necessarily begrudge anyone for doing so, is it also unprincipled in your mind to go to, say, the state house and, uh, and essentially try to persuade the gang masters to, uh, to, to do something right? I don't believe so. Again, because you're not making the choice for anybody. You're going in there and you're you're speaking. Well, you're not making the choice for anybody when you vote either. You're not choosing to. You're not choosing aggression. It's the aggressors that are choosing to aggress. You're simply attempting to have some sort of level of pathetic influence but, over what the aggressors, uh, who the but, aggressors are, really. But you don't have a say in who my leader is. Only I do. And when you when you put that when you pull that level lever. You're saying this is who I want to be the leader for everybody. No, that's not what I. That's not what I'm saying. If I'm going but to that's vote, what, that's, and I and that's the, the practical outcome of it. But that's but that's not no because uh, because I don't consider them leaders. The I consider them gang of, members. The practical outcome of not voting is the same thing, though, Kurt. I don't. I don't believe that that is the case. But well, then you're wrong. If you uh, let's look at the the local election or the national election or whichever you pick an election, and then um, apply. You know, we'll, we'll use our magic time machine and we'll go back in time, and then you get to apply your vote wherever you want on the ballot, and then you'll see that your vote didn't matter anyway. So um, because it's statistically a very uh, you know an insignificant act generally, and so then you will find that the same result would have resulted no matter where you placed your vote in the vast majority of cases in ninety nine. Point something percent of the cases, your vote will be placed in whatever column you wish to place it in after the fact. It's like winning the lottery, Kurt. You get to tr- you get to vote afterwards because we're taking the time machine back, and then you'll find out that your vote still didn't matter. If you don't have the right to pick my leader, you don't have a right to to, to throw that lever. And again, that's why I think it breaks down before you even walk into the booth because you're walking in there and you're participating in a process. That is going to pick a leader for people who don't want that leader. But I don't but want any leader, leaders. They're not my leaders, Kurt. I don't even see it in that same paradigm. I see them as gangsters. I see it. I see voting as you picking. And me a, both, which is why, I, which is why I removed my moral sanction. Well, voting isn't moral sanction. It's just a check on a box. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I have not been persuaded on this. 800-259-9231. Luther, are you uh, still somebody who would vote? No, I don't vote. You don't vote. All right, no. we'll come back. Have and, you ever voted? We'll, yeah, once. We'll come back and talk about it here. Is, is voting aggression? It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. 
need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. You can go and uh, see the Shrine for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved. All the information you need is there at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, the 12-year process of government education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child. When we enter school, many of our best personal attributes are already in place. We're curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. But over time, school sucks those natural gifts out of too many people and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. Oh, and it's also funded by theft. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. As we continue here discussing the issue of voting, it is a contentious one amongst the liberty community. There are some people like Kurt that we just had on the air that are very vehement against the uh, the idea of voting. Other people say that, well, it's something. It's something that can have a some small level of an effect, possibly on the way things happen within the system. And this, I, what I feel, where I fall down on this is, uh, you know, and it's taken me a little while to get here. I used to think voting is very important, but it's not. You know, like, and not voting is not very important either. It's when you get all bunged up about this that uh, that that. that you know, it gets blown out of proportion by both sides. Right. The non-voters make it act like uh, – you're right, Mark. The, the people on the extremes, the, uh, the non-voter extremes say that by, by checking a box on a piece of paper, you are aggressing against your neighbors. Now, Kurt uh, said he, that you're giving them their, your moral validation or something like that. Now, Luther, I was uh, asking you during the break, do you vote? You said you do not. You have voted in the past. Yeah. What are your reasons? Uh, I just feel – that I have much better things to do with my time than go out and vote. Okay, so it's not one of those, I'm going to aggress against somebody by participating, it's just that I've got priorities. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, standing in a long line to check a box is not high on that list. Now, Mark has pointed out, and I think correctly so, that at a national level, it's pretty much a total waste of time. Right, and yes. I'd like to give an analogy to everybody who wasn't listening in the, the last section. Maybe make my analogy a little better. Is if you got to go back and change your vote right now, or vote if you didn't vote, or uh, you know do whatever. If you looked at the, the, the way that the votes came down in your state, and I think in New Hampshire, I don't even know, but I think it was 140,000 votes separating McCain and Obama. Now, if I went, um, you know, I, I chose not to vote in that particular one. I traded my vote away for uh, to my wife for local votes. So um, I chose not to vote, 
And but if I decided, oh, I'll put my check mark in the McCain column, then Obama would have won by one hundred thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine rather than one hundred forty thousand because it would and it wouldn't have mattered because it's winner take all. If I voted for Obama, then he would have won by one hundred forty thousand and won. If I would have voted for one of the third third party candidates. It still wouldn't have mattered. It doesn't matter. My vote didn't matter on the national election. So, right. But it, on the local... So when I did vote, it, it, if I did vote, it didn't matter. At, at a local level, I think a pretty strong case can be made that a vote can make a difference. Sure. I agree. You mentioned it, recently, Mark, that uh, in your town there was some fire engine that was on the ballot. This was actually one. it was a, actually a town truck, uh, what they call you know for the roads and stuff, road truck. Okay, like a salt vehicle or yeah, something? Yeah, that and carry Like a pickup equipment. truck with the... Uh the logo on I think the it was side. bigger than that. Yeah, oh, okay. It was a so, $200,000 truck. But yeah. basically it won by one vote, right? Yes. So one vote could have tied that uh, that particular and election. It would have had to actually win. No, it wouldn't wouldn't have tied it in that in that case it would have been it would have stopped it because it had to be by two-thirds. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. So it wasn't 50%. So one vote would have made a difference. So yeah, and if one, I hadn't have been down in Florida, like I would have probably voted against that and that would have changed everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, purportedly, it it, uh, it would have. I mean, it's certainly more effective than uh, than voting at a national level. Sure. So, if I mean, you Luther- live in a town like I do that has you know, where two hundred people go and vote in an election, then your vote matters a little bit. Like it, it your, your, yeah, your family's a voting block. Is Nick- it worth turning out for for something like that? Luther, well, Nick Ryder, uh, when he ran for city council, he asked me to come out and uh, help him vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to, but we all know how that goes if you have a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, for those that don't know, when those of us here in the Keene area tried to go out and participate in the election this year, they had it out for us. They had uh, the people at the voting places, the polling places, had been informed that if anybody shows up with a mailbox address at the UPS store, that they were to be essentially checked that they were to be uh, questioned, that they were to, uh, to, to do everything within their power to not allow that person to vote because they had gotten the word that uh, free staters and liberty activists have mailboxes and had, vote, had registered to vote at those mailbox addresses. And so you were re- actually rejected? Um, actually, I watched people go up and get rejected and just figured, you know. Screw it. Why, yeah, get, why exactly. get rejected? I don't yeah, need any more rejection. Yeah, why stand in line to get re- rejected? Right. Hey. With a face hey, like mine, I don't need any more rejection. <laughs> so around here, they don't even want to let you vote. So uh, if you if you love freedom in, in Keene they, and they know who you are, then they will try to uh, actively prevent you from actually participating in their system, which is why I think that uh, I, I don't really care that much. I'm not going to jump through a bunch of hoops and I'm not going to spend, like you say, you know, a whole bunch of time on attempting to accomplish this. I right. think that we can have a significant effect on uh, fomenting change by simply getting people to withdraw their consent from the system. Of course, that's not really simple. Um, it's easier to get people <laughs> to vote, uh, but the voting doesn't have as much, I don't think, uh, a strong enough of an effect. I, I think it has very little impact, if any at all. Like with the case Mark was telling about his example, yeah, it has an effect. But other than that, no, not really. All right, let's go to your phone calls. Uh, ladies first, Christine in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Christine. Hi. Hey. It's nice to talk with you all again. Yes, indeed. Um, What's on your mind? I uh, disagree with your previous caller, Kurt. A very interesting discussion, and I have um, a, a couple, two or three quick points I'll make about it. I believe that the only peaceful way that we are going to achieve greater freedom and restore 
and protect the liberties that we have as individuals is going to have to go through that voting process. Now, having said that, I believe that the current process in this country is just, I mean, it's so corrupt. I look at the campaign finance laws as unjust, um, certainly very unfair. We don't have approval voting. There's, there's so many things wrong with it. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but I even sort of talk about that with you guys and your listeners. But I look at it this way. Barring either a complete economic collapse in this country, which is possible, or, um, you know, just a complete social collapse for whatever reason would uh, happen, um, or, or, as in other countries, a, a violent revolution, barring those things, um, the peaceful way that we're going to do this would be through voting. And I would give you a couple ideas why I still think that it is of value. And when I say voting, I only mean casting a vote if there is a candidate for whatever office it might be for that is truly for individual liberty, not another status, not the lesser of the two, three, four, five evils, but if there is someone who would be anti the taxation, anti the status control uh, in your personal and your economic life. So yeah, I can't even bring myself vote. to, Christine, I know I can't even bring myself to vote for anybody other than someone who understands what liberty is. So that automatically severely limits right. uh, exactly. the people well, I could vote for. I, I, I would assume that about, um, about, about you, but a lot of people, you know, will even compromise uh, in their voting, uh, they'll, they'll rationalize all that. But I would like to make well, this point to Kurt. Okay. Kurt, um, imagine if your whatever state you happen to live in, if your state legislature was con- considering abolishing the income tax, the state income tax in your state, or maybe they were going to um, protect the civil liberties of your individuals against the federal government and their insane drug war. Uh, or let's say they were going to, you know, uh, abolish any of these taxes, do something that actually was going to help, you know, stop the drug war, stop the income taxation. And you had a chance, Kurt, to speak as you just now did to us, to your state house, and you told them, hey, be a principled libertarian. You know that it's wrong for you to even be casting a vote on this. Christine, if you can hang on, I want to bring you back here. You can finish your point in a moment. More coming up. If Christine would like, she can hang on. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shop. At Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, you get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. You can even buy used dozens of categories in which you can shop. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So we go back to Christine in Colorado. The voting controversy has bubbled up again here on Free Talk Live. Liberty-minded people don't see eye to eye on this particular issue. And Christine, 
You're with us from Colorado. Uh, did you get a chance? I, I don't feel like you really quite got your point out there before we were running into our uh, commercial break. So can you recap quickly uh, for our audience? Uh, sure, I'll do that real quick. My, my basic point was, if, uh, let's say we libertarians were successful to the point in the society that in the sharing of our ideas with others, we had actually influenced those who had um, uh, government power right now, who were in a position of power to make a difference. Let's say it was your state house. It could be the U.S. Congress. And they were getting ready to take a major vote to abolish the income tax or to abolish the, the drug war or any of these things that we're trying to, you know, enlighten people about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Kurt, who was your previous caller, was able to speak to them and say, hey, that's not principled libertarianism. And they have just now understood. They had, you know, their epiphany. Maybe they read the law by Bossiat. They understood, and they were going to make a critical vote. And then Kurt spoke to him and said, no, you're not a principled libertarian if you cast that vote because that's an act of an aggression. And thus, they would have to, what would they do? These good, these people who are about to cast a vote that would make um, so much more liberty respected um, in our society would have to either resign or say they're not going to vote. And basically, if you carried Kurt's principle to the full extent, I don't care how much we do as libertarians, I don't care if 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent of us understood libertarian principle, if we said we're not going to vote, then we would allow the status to always remain in power. And that's why I think the only way we're going to repeal these bad laws and protect individual liberty is to use that system to get those people who are actually going to work to minimize that. Christine, I think that the problem with uh, Kurt's uh, theory is that, in fact, he does take it to the fullest extent. And that isn't that isn't possible in life he says that if nobody voted then we wouldn't have a government and i think he's right if people from a principal standpoint it, it's obvious he's right from a principled standpoint decided they weren't going to vote because voting was uh, an aggress aggression upon their neighbors then he's right there wouldn't be an aggressive government however there are people as you said that will use government as an aggressive force and uh, that government continues to perpetuate itself whether one chooses to vote or not so one might as well uh, choose to vote, uh, ch- choose to protect themselves and the people they love and the people who love liberty by voting if that's what if, if they think it if they feel like that's going to make a difference. I'm not sure it's going right, to. Right, because to take Kurt's uh, perspective to its logical ends would mean that no one should participate. No one who is principled should participate in any aspect of the system. Right, that you shouldn't work for the system, that you shouldn't uh, be elected in the system, that you, you shouldn't, shouldn't pay. You shouldn't pay any form of taxes because it supports the system. Well, and I that, bet you he pays taxes. Well, I, I don't see how he can avoid it. But that ultimate outcome. Kerr is assuming that we're going to get 100% libertarians. I mean, yes, uh, talk about a utopia, uh, more power to him. But the fact is, what if 70 or 80% of us were libertarian, but um, following what he is saying, then 80% of us might be libertarian, but we're still going to be ruled over by well, 20% of the that's state? That's where I wanted I to go with this. So. Con- Christine, that's the point I wanted to go on here with this conversation, because mm-hmm. the one part, I, I, I don't have a problem with people voting and doing what they think is right and trying to uh, take take this inhumane system and make it more humane. I don't have a problem with any of that. But the, the part I disagree with you on is where mm-hmm. you said that you believe that voting is the only peaceful way to achieve uh, a liberty-oriented society. And I, 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 
I agree with you. I, I, I uh, retract that. I wouldn't say it's the only peaceful way because if everybody uh, became enlightened and understood, well, certainly it, not. But no, it that, doesn't require doesn't everybody. Right now. It doesn't require everybody, even if we went with your numbers, which are fairly mm-hmm. utopian, uh, the 70% yes. becoming libertarian. Uh, even if that were the case, then no voting wouldn't be required because 70% could just simply say no and, uh, and, 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 and non-cooperate and not you pay get, taxes. If you no, because get, then if the latter 30% still voted, we would be... We would still be controlled. Uh, no, only if you want to be controlled. No, the government's the government exists because people believe in it. Uh, and if seventy percent of the people have uh, decided to opt out of the system, there's nothing that twenty or thirty percent can do. I would say that if ten percent decide they don't want to uh, participate in the system, that alone would be enough to crash the system as we know it and force them to change. Uh, some of the way they uh, they do their business. If most of the people who got uh, you know it w- had situations that they could take to court or not take to court, it would jam it would gum up the works of their uh, of their judicial system to the point that they wouldn't be able to do anything. It's true, the, the judicial system is already gummed up here. That in, is already gummed up. Yep, here in New Hampshire, and actually, I got a story out of Los Angeles. Thanks, Christine, for the call tonight. Appreciate yeah. hearing from you. Uh, in fact, in L.A., the Associated Press saying that the nation's largest court system is in the midst of a painful budget crisis that has shut down courtrooms and disrupted everything from divorce and custody proceedings to traffic ticket disputes. The L.A. court system has already closed 17 courtrooms and another 50 will be shut down come September unless something is done to find more money. If you thought it was taking a long time now to get a trial to happen uh, for for your case, they're going to shut down 50 more courtrooms. The judge who presides over the system uh, predicts chaos and an unprecedented logjam of civil and family law cases in the worst case scenario. That's because their judges are so busy uh, going after pot smokers and speeders and all these things where people haven't harmed anyone and really aren't doing anything wrong. I'm not talking about people who are speeding, you know, 50 miles an hour over the limit, going 105 in a in a 70 mile an hour zone, or uh, going 60 through a school zone. I'm talking about people who are, you know, going 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour over the limit, and the cops decide to pull them over, do a little fundraising. Stories like this are a real uh, clear picture, I think of just how pathetically inefficient government bureaucracy is. I mean, you look at the court system, and you see from the outside perspective, from me looking in on it, sitting in on an arraignment on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning and watching as uh, they just process through person after person who most of the t- you know 99% of the time is taking a plea bargain and usually getting fined, uh, hit with a fine in many cases of several hundred dollars, you look at a Monday morning uh, arraignment, they go through 50 people at a few hundred, a hundred dollars each. They're ringing the cash register. I mean, from my perspective, it looks like they are taking in a tremendous amount of money. But from their side of things, they are barely, they're barely eking by. I mean, well, they, when you look at their system, it's a, it's government, right? So it's right. extraordinarily inefficient. They've got the, the guy in the dress up there. He's getting, I don't know how much an hour, 40, Dollars an hour. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. You got to figure benefits. His salary. It's got to be good. It's got to mm. be close to to six figures. If it isn't six figures, yeah, then each one of the years. bailiffs. They're yeah. a government employee. Government employees make a good money depending on where they are. I've the, heard the bailiffs don't make that much around here. Well, I, I, you're just talking about around here. Yeah. But people around here don't make that money much money compared to say L.A. Right. So the bailiffs in L.A. make a lot more money. And it just it just depends where you are. If you take the bailiffs here and compare them to uh, you know your average working guy um, here in New 
New Hampshire. They're making more. They've got better bennies. Don't forget the bennies. The bennies for a government uh, employee are huge because that's what they use to indenture those people. I mean, <laughs> you know, government employees want to want to mm. make good money as much as the the rest of us do, but the government doesn't want to pay them good money. The low level people, they just want to indenture them with good benefits, like uh, so they won't want to leave, right? The health care and the optical and the dental and all that stuff that none of none of the rest of us get. So, uh, you know, when you look at the the stenographer, the bailiffs, and and all the different people, that, and and of course the lawyers, the, uh, the the state's attorney, all the lawyers and and police type people that go into to making a courtroom the courtroom kangaroo thing uh, work, it's expensive, right? So I, that's and that's what, just and that's not counting the edifice, right? right? So I mean, right and now, the nice mahogany, and and I, you can guarantee that if it's happening in New Hampshire, where people are relatively, I mean, the government in comparison to a place like California is relatively fiscally responsible. I mean, again, we're on the scale of government's right. fiscal <laughs> responsibility here, uh, and so it's happening in California, it's happening in New Hampshire. I imagine it's probably close to happening, if not happening elsewhere. We're just not hearing about it because it's just one of those kind of locally stories, right? Like, oh, the courts are having trouble. That's not really something that generally gets a national level of press attention the reason why we're seeing it here is because it's about la one of the biggest cities uh in the country and so coming back to what christine was was saying about voting being the only peaceful solution and of course she she changed her tune a little bit there toward the end because it's not the only solution if working in their system is the only solution to achieve the liberty-oriented society we are doomed to failure because uh the system is designed to prevent a turnaround. The system is is made for statists. It's made for the people that want to see more government. It's not really sculpted to allow somebody to go in hack and slash and uh, you know and remove all of these government services so the marketplace can provide them. Sure, a libertarian just, president would, wouldn't be able to do that much to, to shrink the size of government. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Clogging the courts, whatever you want to talk about, Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. into the second hour of the program. Dial in, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The site itself, redesigned for 2010, FTL 2.0, allows you to actually influence the show prep, influence, influence the stuff that we talk about here on the air 
if you, for whatever reason, don't want to call in, because that's the best way to do it. But you can go to freetalklive.com, create a free account, and you can submit show prep suggestions, and then other listeners can vote them up or down, depending on how they feel about it. And you can vote things up and down as well. And the most popular of the stories will be promoted to the front page of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive with other listeners. That's freetalklive.com as we continue to uh, take your phone calls here. Let's go to, uh, I believe we have Glenn with us in New Hampshire. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Glenn, in New Hampshire, going once. Glenn. Good evening, gentlemen. Can you hear me? Hey, Glenn. What's on your mind tonight? You know, I heard Riley's uh, comments on the extended podcast last night, and uh, as someone who moved to New Hampshire in 2008 from Southern California, I'd just like to kind of refute what he had to say. Okay, what did he have to say that you're refuting first so our listeners that uh, weren't listening to what you were listening to know what you're talking about? You know, he just kind of indicted the whole Free State Project, and I, then I thought the, distra- the discussion got kind of distracted into uh, you know whether – in the system activism or out of the system activism is best. And I just want to say, as someone who's, who's pretty much an in-the-system activist, I'm, I'm old, I'm 44, with uh, three mortgages. And, uh, Good heavens. You know, there is a multipolar approach going on in New Hampshire right now, and you can be a part of it. And if you're committed to politics and you're committed to making a change, whether whatever part of the system, whatever, whether you're in the system, out of the system, you can come here and make a difference. And your, your input will be appreciated and the winter is not all that bad. Uh, my wife is a, a beach girl from Southern California, and she moved here, and she likes it now. So uh, mm. I don't think that that his uh, this is this seems like the Olympics for for liberty oriented stuff. Whatever your your bent is, we are making real changes on both the political side and the out of the system side. I mean, you can't deny that. So I just I just thought that Riley was completely off base. And if anybody's in Southern California listening to this. Uh, and it's thinking about moving. It's you. This is this is Woodstock and the US Festival combined. Uh, come to a pork <laughs> fest. Come see what it's like. But, but Riley said, and I'm kind of recapping here uh, one of his points that that basically that it was his impression that the people in New Hampshire it's like oil and water. Uh, water is the people of New Hampshire. The oil are the Free State Project members. Uh, they are not wanted. They are seen as uh, unkempt. They're seen as uh, you know they're they're not respectable enough. Uh, so you know they're not, they're not uh, like for specifically the disobedient ones and the non cooperation uh, activists. You know they okay, they aren't okay. uh, they aren't up to spec as far as the political uh, activism is concerned. And his concern was that that's ruining it for the uh, the politics. No, no, that, that has not been my experience at all. I'm an in the system guy primarily, and uh, people really don't care whether you're a free state or not. Most people don't even know what it is. And the ones that do know are like, great, we're so glad you're here. Can you help us? I have not had any bad experiences with people, you know, in relation to my, my Free State Project involvement. Uh, once you get here, you're a Granite Stater, and you can pretty much take that on, and people are glad to, to accept you based on your, your beliefs and your, uh, your willingness to, to be involved in their communities. Now, would you recommend people move to New Hampshire and say, ta-da, I'm a Free Stater, everybody? Or- you know, once you're here, it's, you're a Granite Stater. The Free State is, Project is just a vehicle to get you here, and then what you do with that and how you do with that is, is up to you. And that, you know, coming from, from Southern California, and uh, I live, even lived in the Bay Area in the, in the, uh, in the 90s, uh, there's just so much going on. It's hard not to do activism here. It really, you really got to have something like uh, catastrophic going on in your life not to hook up with other people. It's an instant plug in the Free State Project to meet people that are, that are just like you. And one of the reasons I don't miss Southern California, I had a lot of friends there, a lot of friends in California. 
but that I've met such high-quality people through, through these involvements. Uh, it, it's really it's been worth every penny I spent to move. Thanks for sharing that tonight. Anything else on your mind, Glenn? Uh, no, you have a good program. Uh, I'm an amplifier. I'm too drunk to call in on the amp line, but uh, <laughs> good work. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Steve listening in Florida. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hey there. Um, I'm, you know, I have a little radio show, and I don't really have to talk about the radio show per se. In other words, I'm not going to be buying any advertising. Uh, but the the idea is that the radio show that I have is completely apolitical, and I'm going to have my next guest is going to be talking about uh, safety in terms of boating. And we did sort of a pre-interview over the radio, and one of the things that he really wants to hammer home is the idea that the state of Florida has fallen down on their responsibility, that is the government of the state of Florida has fallen down on its responsibility mm. to require that boaters have licenses to drive to you know drive boats or pilot boats uh, operate a boat and uh you know i'm i'm really I, even on the pre-interview i was really tempted to say something like well you know if i own a piece of property and there's a lake on that property who in the hell is the state to come along and say that you know my 13 year old daughter can't get in my boat and zoom around the lake a little bit heck when we were kids uh, you know, sometimes the parents weren't even home, and we'd all pile into the boat and go zipping around the lake. They yeah. Didn't care. yeah, yeah. What, what would prevent you from saying that? Are you worried about what he'll think about you, or that you won't you get know, another interview? I, I just, I, I just, I'm in my personal life. I'm not really known for being diplomatic with people who are basically uh, state worshippers. Is a polite way to say it. There are far cruder ways to say it that I can't say on the air. Um, and uh, I, I just. If you were in my place, how would you very gently approach it? I mean, I, I am capable of diplomacy. It's just that I tend not to be. But and this you, guy you works for were, the state? I'm sorry? This guy works for the state? No, no, he works for, uh, well, you know, here, here's that little one hand washes the other thing. He works for an organization, one of the two organizations that is authorized by the state to give the classes to get the license. Oh, oh boy, what a surprise. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. what you can say. Oh, what a surprise. The guy who gives the the classes on uh, licensing for boats wants pe- everybody to be forced to get licenses for boats. And what's, his, what's your relationship with this guy? Uh, you know, not, none. I don't know the guy. Um, I've never met him before. I've talked to him on the phone a couple of times. I've talked to his boss on the phone. And overall, and here's the thing, here's that little the dilemma that we have to deal with sometimes. Yeah. It's a good course. It really is. They have a lot of good advice. They they, they uh, The lectures are are very, very good. There's a lot of good information about, about boating safety. It's really a good book. It's just that the thing that he made sure to mention to me was he wanted to drive home that idea that the state is really, they've just fallen down, man, because it, do you realize that somebody who's 15 years old can, uh, can operate a boat in the, state, in the state of Florida? And the thing is, is that now the laws are on the books, but they're not enforcing it. So that that's what he's saying. He's saying that the right. So if they were to they enforce the law, more, if they were to enforce the uh, this uh, code, then uh-huh. then they would get more business because people would start to uh, to trickle into right. to their exactly. safety center. They pushed for years and years and years to get this law passed. Mm. Passed, and now they're pushing the state. To yep. uh, to actually enforce the law. Well, the I would say that uh, that it's your job. I mean, uh, you're, you're, it's your show. 
So you don't have a, and you're paying for the airtime. So it's not like you've got a program director who's hanging over your head saying, "Okay, now you be nice to this guest." Right. Uh, and I'm not yeah. saying you should you could you should be mean to him. I think that maybe you should come at it from that perspective. Like, look, I've taken your course. I know I'm familiar with your course. I know it's a great course, and I recommend highly that people choose upon their own volition to take this. But I have it's to one say one of the that, best courses that money can buy. But I have to <laughs> say that I have a problem when we enter into uh, you know utilizing the government to essentially mm-hmm. guarantee business uh, yeah, for, and, for ourselves. And, because one and size doesn't fit all, ever. That's right. And if we can take the Harry Brown approach, I remember my introduction to Harry Brown was when he was being interviewed on NPR on Talk of the Nation. And uh, people were calling in, talking about you know various things. You know They were just bombarding him with the typical leftist boilerplate. And he was, I remember him retorting to somebody that, you know, listen, whoever owns the lakes and rivers gets to decide what happens on the lakes and rivers. As I mean, it should if, be. I, if I own a river uh, or a certain swath of a river, mm-hmm. a large part of a river, and I want 13-year-olds to be licensed to operate a boat, well, by golly, they're going to they're gonna be licensed to operate that boat or they're going to get off my river. Steve, let us know how so. it goes. I think that uh, we should all take whatever chance we have to stand up for the ideas of liberty and communicate them as effectively as we possibly can. Thanks for the call. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Our website features a lot of different things, and we give it all away. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites, ours is free to you at freetalklive.com. Now, would it surprise you to know that in the history of the drug war, no one charged with felony dispensing of cannabis has ever taken it to trial. Well, here in New Hampshire, Sovereign Curtis is going to do so, risking seven years in prison. And the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org wants to help Curtis win his case and possibly overturn the insane war on drugs. In order to do that, we need you to chip in to help Curtis and sign up for a monthly contribution at cdevolution.org. That's cdevolution.org. The uh, Curtis Fund is over 30% to its goal. And I talked to Curtis today. He is very appreciative of everybody that has sent in contributions, and he's actually going to be coming on the show uh, as a co-host for next one, uh, this coming Wednesday. So oh, we're going to cool. have him on. Uh, Wayne is away, so we're bringing Curtis in for his first night. We've had him in as a guest uh, before. We're going to actually have him in for the entire show. So that should be fun. All right, so uh, tonight it is. I hope Ian. he isn't as yakky as uh, Luther over here. Luther and <laughs> you, Mark, I'm, you just can't get me to shut up. <laughs> we're going to continue taking your phone calls, and we go to Brooke Kelly. Calling from the road. You're on Free Talk Live, Brooke. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. How are y'all? Luther's here, too. Brooke, what's yeah, on your mind thanks. tonight? I, well, I told y'all I would call in with reports from the road for Freedom Ride 10. So uh, I don't know if y'all saw it or not yet, but I uh, just released uh, the latest webisode of Puzzled, which is what I've been on the road working on. I've been traveling from place to place and interacting with different activists and showing their stories and how they're working on making a difference. 
And uh, we had a pre-screening, and it went really well. And there's other people who are on the fence around us who I think may be stepping up, it, it, it sounds like. So a lot of people are it, – it's already had a good impact. So but, tell um, me about yeah, what is I, puzzled, uh, Brooke, because I did see that pop up on YouTube. I didn't have a chance to watch it, though. What What is uh, – why, why the name Puzzled? What is, where does that come from? Well, when I was first waking up, I felt like I was just now putting all the pieces together, one by one. Like a lot, of, I, I used to fight for homeless people's rights, and I was an animal rights activist, and I fought the drug war, and I didn't really see any connection between those things until I really started to wake up. And that's when I started to really put the pieces together. So it's all about we, we have our own information that we contribute to the pile, and it's all about unifying, coming, de- coming together, and each lending our own piece, like our own voice, which is what I'm, what I'm showing. And y'all make a cameo in the film, too. Oh, so thanks. y'all should check it out, Free Talk so, Live. So, so Brooke, you're, you're driving around the country. You're doing Freedom Ride 10. You did the Freedom Ride last year. Uh, and this time you're focusing on uh, visiting with other activists and, and, and essentially telling stories and creating more episodes of uh, Puzzled? Yeah, that's the idea is just to uh, give uh, these new activists uh, ideas and things because there's a whole new wave of people coming in right now. And what it focuses on, too, this webisode is about, uh, you know, Luke Rogowski just uh, was able to get through on the Stephen Colbert show. He, he got a Bilderberg mention on that. Uh, Catherine Bleich uh, is, was on CNN for the second time today, and I think something's up, y'all. I, I mean, I think we should really talk about this because it seems like all of a sudden mainstream media is just opening doors for all of us. Mark Dice was on a couple months ago, and they were letting him talk about the NWO. Well, I, I don't really, you know, the, the whole New World Order uh, Bilderberg thing doesn't really do much for me. But if that's exciting to you, then that's uh, that's cool. I don't really see how that that stuff really leads toward uh, anything about uh, achieving liberty. It seems more to me, Brooke, that uh, that particular viewpoint is very discouraging and uh, it kind of it kind of creates a mindset in the people that hear about it that some it's, of them it's pointless uh, that, that well because there are these uh, elites in the world and they're so powerful and they get together and they have these meetings and you know they want to control everything and they're this ma- you know they have this master plan and there's all kinds of things that uh, that are said about these folks it's uh, it's kind of creates a de- in my opinion a very defeatist attitude uh, where people instead of being encouraged to go out and and work toward liberty are more encouraged to stock up on all the food they possibly can and uh, you know hole up in their uh, in their bunker. Uh, basically, so uh, I, I I find myself not really too excited about those particular things, but I do like the idea that uh, Catherine has been getting uh, attention. She seems to be fairly uh, liberty oriented, and uh, and so that's cool. Well, Ian, what is your definition of freedom then? Because the, the other day you said that you didn't think that Cindy Sheehan encompassed that, and and now you're saying that with uh, I guess with you know the We Are Change people. So what what is what is it that you think that we can do that will really make a difference? Well, I think that uh, freedom is about being able to live your life how you want so long as you don't harm anybody else. And I think that uh, making a difference, I think you should do whatever you feel is right, but I just, I just don't think that that particular message is, uh, is particularly persuasive towards getting people active for achieving liberty. It, uh, what I think people should do is I think they should move to New Hampshire and get together with other like-minded people and, uh, and then you know, figure it out from there. I think that while folks are diluted uh, across the country and around the world, their effectiveness at whatever it is they choose to do. Diluted, not diluted, right? 
I don't know. I, I didn't say diluted. I diluted, uh, diluted, whichever way you want to say it. I, I think that their effectiveness is diluted, and so therefore there's not really much that they that they will accomplish. I mean, well, what do you, what do you think? What do you think mentioning the Bilderbergers on national television is is going to do? Well, it's going to achieve a lifelong goal for a lot of people of bringing this out into the open because right now nobody knows anything about it, so nobody is doing anything. And when the people start waking up to what's going on and educating themselves and being aware, then we can really start to, I believe, have a more free society. No, I'm all in favor of people educating themselves, but I just my concern, I guess, uh, Brooke, and, and I'm somebody who's seen, you know, the the movies about uh, the the conspiracy theories and the Bilderbergers and, and all of that. So I'm I'm fairly familiar with uh, that particular uh, aspect, and I wouldn't even really call it of the movement because it seems to me that the conspiracy crowd isn't necessarily all about liberty. Some of them certainly are, no doubt about it, and there are definitely stories of people that have found the larger liberty movement. Through through the kind of conspiracy channels. It's just that my concern is that it's all very defeatist and very anger-inducing. Uh, there's a certain talk show host that talks about how people should get angry before they uh, before they get active, and, and I don't know if I, I think that's something that's uh, that's worthy of encouraging. And I think that uh, turning Yeah, my people... message isn't anger. My message is love and respect right, for other people. And, Peace. And, and and my message is that uh, that there needs to be doing we need to do more than just vote and I don't know that's what you're saying I'm not saying that's what you're saying I think that uh, that uh, that non cooperation and civil disobedience are very important and you understand that I know that you've been pretty close to it uh, in fact in, in being involved yourself but if you tell people on one hand that there's this group of elites trying to take you know that have taken over the world and they they uh, they're that uh, Barack Obama and George Bush are just their puppets and that they are in control of everything. And then on the other hand, you try to encourage them to do things like disobedience and non-cooperation. Why would they even want to bother when they believe that the uh, the world elites are in control? And what little uh, what what effect will their non-cooperation have if you know there are these people out there that have no compunction with just murdering you, uh, waiting around the corner to uh, to take you out? Just seems to be fairly uh, defeatist to me, Brooke. Well, Adolf Hitler said, "What luck for rulers that men do not think." And I think that they rely on us to sit at home and play video games or to ignore it or to watch TV and not do anything. But when there's more awareness... Tell you what, Brooke, I'll bring you back. We can keep talking about it if you want. Hang on. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including our listening options. We've got live streams, broadband and dial-up versions, a webcam, 
and our listen lines, which mean you can call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live around the clock. Over at listen.freetalklive.com, you can get tuned in. Do you want to give your baby a head start? You can teach your baby to read beginning as early as three months old. It's easy and fun to do with the Monkey See, Monkey Do Baby Reading Kit. The best part is it's risk-free, and since they offer a one-year money-back guarantee, order now and get free shipping. My wife and I recently began this program with my son, and he loves it. There's been a language explosion around my house. Uh, he hasn't been doing it long enough to, to know how to read or anything, but it, it, just a, a whole bunch of new words uh, sp- sprouted out of him just within a day or a few days of, of him seeing this. I definitely recommend this product for your child. Check it out at babyreadingkit.com. It's babyreadingkit.com. So we're, uh, I think Brooke is still with us. Brooke, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Brooke Kelly is with us uh, out on the road for Freedom Ride 2010, producing a new video series. Where can people go to see your videos, Brooke? To simplyseekingfreedom.com, and it's called Puzzled. It's a liberty reality show, and it's simplyseekingfreedom.com. Is is that your website? Yes, that's my site. Okay, if cool. you click the puzzle link, then it'll go to it. And I just want to make something clear. I think that you are an absolutely outstanding activist. I mean, you are one of the doers in the the movement. Uh, I mean, people notice you. You're out and about. You're doing things. You're creating videos. You're uh, you're friendly. You're happy. I think. And that, you've got fairy wings. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, didn't you say you lost your fairy wings or something? Something happened to them, Brooke. What, what happened? They keep getting lost and they keep disappearing. I always have spare sets. That's so good. I'm She's good. prepared. She's prepared. All right. So, <laughs> so I just want to let you know that I, I really appreciate uh, the, you know the level of activism that you do. And I, if we had you know a hundred or two hundred people that were as uh, dedicated as you are, I think that that'd be great. Um, I just whenever I hear the uh, the New World Order thing mentioned and the Bilderbergers, I, I cringe because I think, oh boy, you know, it's just, I just feel like that that isn't as effective as uh, as it could be, that, that that particular message. And to go back to what you said before we went to the break, you said that Hitler said something, and I'm paraphrasing, to the, you know, the effect that he, he appreciates that uh, you know, most people do nothing. That, they, that they've, Yeah, uh, how lucky for leaders that the, uh, the average man does nothing or that uh, good men do, do nothing or something like that. And, and my, my concern with the, with the kind of conspiracy movement, uh, Brooke, is that it encourages people to do nothing. While on one hand, it will encourage some people to get out and, you know, pass out DVDs and call radio shows and do whatever else the conspiracy uh, promoters do. It seems like those are the two primary things that uh, that they do. Uh, while on one hand it will find its fans, it will find the people that agree with it, that message will find those people. It'll also find people that will believe it and take it to heart. They will believe the, uh, and I don't know how much of this you believe, but it's out there by the promoters of these ideas that the world elites want to eliminate 80% of the population. Are you somebody who believes that, Brooke? Um, I do believe that. But, I mean, the thing is, is that when you look at organizations like We Are Changed that just cropped up overnight and now it's worldwide, you know, I think something like 200 chapters or hundreds of chapters, you know, it really is catching on. And these are a lot of people who are upset with what's going on with 9-11. What's their goal, Brooke, may I ask? What is the goal of the We Are Change people? The goal of We Are Change is to say we're not, I mean, I'm just, I'm not with We Are Changed, so I don't know how I could mm-hmm. speak on behalf of them, but um, but from what I see, they're holding people accountable for the first time ever, and that's something that's largely overlooked in our society. But it's caught on like wildfire. It's gotten people amped up and stoked about activism when they usually aren't because it makes it fun. 
and and the media catches on to it and and reports on it and then so they're holding the they're holding people accountable specifically on the uh, the September 11th thing it's anything like i mean i was inspired by them and and went and held glenn beck accountable you know but it's it's just it's anyone you know lawmakers celebrities people who should be doing their job but are neglecting to do it and and this organization is saying you can't do that but the reason why it's so important that we expose it is that you know i believe that 9-11 was a false flag just as uh, the gulf of tonkin was and operation northwoods and if you look up this information there's proof to support that and okay, let's say reason- it's true. Let's say it's true. And I and I you know, I've looked at some of the information and a lot of it's very persuasive. I've seen both sides and both sides have some very persuasive things to say and I just decided to put it down and move on with my life because for me there was no point in going back and forth forever to try to determine what really the truth was. But let's just take it as truth. Let's take, you know, your perspective that uh, 9/11 was a false flag, etc., you know, led the government to uh, give them an excuse to make the government larger, which it certainly did that whether or not it was a false flag. Certainly uh, gave them the excuse to make the government bigger so let's say that you get that out there successfully you're you're promulgating that you're getting it into the mainstream media where do you go from there well then people realize what is about to happen which is why you have to question why did they let Catherine go on cnn twice back to back uh why did stephen colbert go ahead and say bilderbergs i have to wonder if these people didn't get a memo saying hey look these we are change people are serious and it's catching on. And if we don't do something about it now, it's going to spread until, you know, the whole thing gets out of hand because they, they have released official information that people in my group and people associated with organizations that I'm associated with, associated with are being watched. Well, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next is they're going to set us up. Okay. If the general population understood that these false flag attacks have been going on and there's a history of them, I think they'll be less likely to jump on the hate the activist bandwagon that I, that I believe we're about to see. All right. So, but that really, I guess I still don't really understand where it's all going. Let's say that you're successful with your outreach and let's say that Catherine and you start getting interviewed all over the place. You you just get booked up. You've got radio interview after TV interview after interview. Uh, bloggers are talking about you. The word is getting out. There's a, there's. I mean, let's say there's this huge explosion of uh, acceptance of these uh, ideas that you know the government was behind 9/11. The Bilderbergers are in controlling the world, etc. Let's say there's this huge explosion. What do you expect would happen from that? I expect that we're going to have total accountability. We're calling for another investigation on 9-11, and I think that we're going to get This is where it breaks down, if you don't mind. This is, I think, where it really breaks down, because on one hand, the message is that the Bilderbergers are in control of everything, that Barack Obama and the government and uh, George Bush, they're all puppets of these evil uh, controlling elites. But on the other hand, you and the other activists in this uh, We Are Change movement... This ragtag group of rebels. Right, the uh, the 9-11. Eleven truthers, the farthest parts of the galaxy. You believe yes, that if you alliance. if you're <laughs> successful at a, and this is a big one, that you're successful at spreading the message enough that you're spreading that there will be another investigation, and that the people who purportedly were uh, truly behind nine eleven in the U.S. government will somehow be brought up on charges. Doesn't that ignore, in your opinion, uh, Brooke? Doesn't that ignore the belief that? The Bilderbergers are in control of the entire government. Why on earth would they allow something like that to occur? Because I believe that there needs to be people on the front lines at all times pushing them back and holding them back and showing them where the line needs to be. Because if we give them just an inch, they're going to take as much as they want. 
But somebody's got to be there to say, no, this you cannot do that. And they do back down. And we've seen that again and again. Well, I think we've seen the government back down because I don't I I believe that the government is a fractured organization of people who are disincentivized to function in a um in an in honestly an effective manner and so they don't have a system for dealing with non and they don't have a system for dealing with nonviolent activists. I don't believe it's because uh the builder because if the Bilderbergers controlled everything, they'd be a lot better at it than they are. Um the you know what the government what with the government, you should attribute likely to incompetence rather than to evil in most cases, to me. And that's another kind of uh, disagreement, I think, that we have generally at a fundamental level with the conspiracy theorists is the conspiracy crowd believes that the government can pull off all these incredibly intricate um, false flag attacks yeah, false flag attacks, and manage to cover it up successfully. And it seems to me that the government's fairly incompetent at pretty much everything that they do. And, of course, the answer to that is usually, well, there's a black uh, government that, uh, or an evil government that is, you know, a shadow government that's really actually pulling the strings. And they're very, very efficient uh, and et cetera. So I think there's still some things that uh, that we're going to have to remain in disagreement on. But, Brooke, I appreciate you calling in and, and sharing. And appreciate your activism. And Brooke. sharing what you're doing. And thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They're free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. There are a whole bunch of different things you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Go to promote dot freetalklive.com take the startpage.com seven seven day challenge for seven days use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference you'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines but unlike your old search engine you'll have complete privacy they won't have your information to sell to third parties or give to the government if that's what they wish check it out at startpage.com and take their seven day challenge today Startpage.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue taking your phone calls and go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the amp lines. Hello, Gene. Well, hello. I thought I might change gears on you and talk about Alaska. Certainly. It's on your mind tonight. Go ahead. I, I've i told you in the past I have a brother-in-law who moved to a little place called King Cove, Alaska. And I was talking to him on the phone about... Uh, what it's like to live there in King Cove. This is a fishing and village, right? It's pretty. It's a small fishing village on the Aleutian. Uh, it's still part of the mainland. It's not into the island section yet. But you can't drive there or uh, uh, the only way in there is by ferry or by airplane. Um, but it's a small community of 700 people. He's got his car up there. I mentioned that he doesn't have to get a license plate or an insurance or anything like that. None of that's required by the local gendarme. But something that's very interesting is they can walk around. Alaska, you know, is one of three states that allow concealed carry without a permit. Mm-hmm. And they just, uh, when they go for a hike, they strap on their sidearms and they 
throw a shotgun over their shoulder and off they go with the with the two kids. You know, they got a, a three year old and a one year old, and they go for a hike. And the sheriff will drive by in his patrol car and he'll just wave at them. And it's it's quite a different scenario living up there. I bet. And having lived up there, I know that uh, as a pilot, they actually require you to carry in your survival kit in your aircraft a survival firearm. Because you might get attacked by a bear or something like that? Stranded, maybe? Yeah, if the plane, if, well, if your plane goes down in Alaska, you don't. You, there's an awful lot of area there that you people just can't find you very easily, mm-hmm. so you right. need something for... Uh, for survival. So yes, they require that as part of the survival package in the small planes hmm. is a uh, firearm. So it's so much different than what people are used to down here. I thought they, maybe people would uh, like to hear the story and think about what it would be like if we truly were not harassed by the uh, the gang in blue about having a firearm, why they've got to hide and cower in fear every time they see somebody with a gun. It's just really crazy. They certainly do do that quite a bit here in New Hampshire, even though it's legal to open carry. They do what? Uh, they'll hassle people about holding guns, especially free staters. Uh, somebody commented on one of the uh, Sentinel uh, articles. Uh, I can't believe these free staters, a gang of thugs walking around with guns on their hips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're being painted because some... Free staters, because some liberty activists, because it's not just free staters, it's, it's oh, also yeah, New yeah. Hampshire natives, and uh, because some people uh, deem it appropriate to openly carry firearms, the liberty movement and free staters in particular have been dinged with this kind of gang image that we're trying to intimidate people and that uh, also we're trying to take over by violence uh, the system and yeah. force our liberty beliefs on everybody. I'd like to point at you. I'd like to talk about this. Uh, the, you know, the, this whole idea of open carrying being intimidating. You know, th- those people that say that open carrying is meant to intimidate other people are not taking into account that the government has the monopoly privilege on the use of violence, and that's what they are supporting in the first place. The fact is, you know, a bank robber, whether he shows his gun or not, is being violent. And when the police officers who have guns right on their hips, oh, well, you know, they make a fuss about people carrying guns. I mean, it's the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard of. People with guns on their hips are arresting other people for having guns on their hips or hassling other people with guns in their hips it's ludicrous i don't think that people are intending so much as be to be intimidating uh, that are that are open carrying no. as much as they are exercising a right and perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps there's a little bit of that intimidation in there in sort of the um hell no attitude you know like i've had enough of this government growth uh, yeah. growth and you know saying that i'm willing to stand up against it i think that to some extent that's a display of of uh you know it's sort of a display of machismo you know They're uppity yeah yeah gene thoughts well, I think that uh, definitely the open carry and display of firearms is a step in the right direction. Uh, sorry about the thunder there in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a step in the right direction to getting our uh, our rights acknowledged by by our fellow man, really, more so than, than uh, the so-called establishment. But our fellow man should not be uh, intimidated by the display of firearms by a peaceful person. There's no reason for that. And I think that right. if we get more and more places where people are 
just walking around with their firearms exposed, that's a good thing because that's going to help other people learn to get accustomed to it. Yep, I agree. Thanks, Gene, for the call tonight. Of course, it's happening already here in New Hampshire, 800-259-9231. Though, Luther, to what you said, uh, it's my understanding that the activists up here, the open carry activists, have really been having the trouble over in the Manchester area. Uh, I don't recall yeah, hearing about anything happening in here Keene. in Keene. I hear people talk about it in Nashua quite a bit, which is really part of Massachusetts. Uh, yes, southern, yeah, northern yeah. Boston. <laughs> uh, uh, they've but, had trouble in in, in Manchester and, and Concord, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the the rest of the state, I can't really speak for them. I know for a fact they've had trouble in in Manchester, uh, but I also know that there have been some instances here where I expected to have trouble from the cops and was pleasantly surprised to not have it. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the more controversial activists who is no longer here, he's, uh, he's left the area. In fact, he's left New Hampshire, as I understand it. Uh, Jesse, Anarcho Jesse, oh, was, huh. uh, was doing some illegal gardening in the town square. And for whatever reason, he brought a rifle out with him to the illegal gardening event. Didn't really seem to go together to me, uh, but he did it. And so when the cops came out to, uh, to arrest him, he had actually leaned the rifle against a tree, so he wasn't even in possession of, uh, of the rifle. I mean, theoretically, some kid could have run over and picked it up, right? right? And it was just leaning up against a tree. And so when they were arresting Jesse, I figured, well, you know, they're going to take the rifle, and they're going to put it in as evidence, and, and who knows, it's going to take, mm-hmm. take him months to get it out, uh, if, if that's even possible. And no, in fact... Uh, the the police lieutenant uh, Shane Maxfield asked me to take the rifle and you know take care of it. Yep. So uh, so I picked up the rifle, put it in my car, and the administration that, that in here in Keene. I mean, if, if if anybody cares, the administration of the police department here in Keene is very pro uh, firearm. Yeah. Right. So it was like uh, gardening bad rifle, no problem. <laughs> well, garden it was yeah. vandalism of public property it, it is the way they saw the, it. The smaller the town, the more open to firearms they seem to be here. In Maybe New so. Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's just that. Uh, Maybe the more uh, progressive uh, folks tend to settle in the cities or what. But Well, Keene's pretty progressive. I mean, if you want to use that term for anywhere yeah, in New perhaps Hampshire. Perhaps that was a, a poor choice. Uh, Keene's very liberal. I mean, as far as oh, we're yeah. talking about New Hampshire liberals, so they're not the same as uh, a lot of others. But uh, in comparison to the remainder of New Hampshire, there's a, a real core of uh, self-described progressives and, and liberals here in this area. And it makes sense because it's the closest major it's the closest to, city to both vermont and, and massachusetts Mass, yeah. uh plus there's a college in town so it's kind of like a, a, yeah, an attractor a beacon. yeah yeah so 800-259-9231 let's continue with your phone calls mark no he's gone paul is in kentucky paul you're on free talk live the uh, Lutheran. hello hey paul uh, hey. i uh would <clears throat> excuse me um i'd like to talk to you about uh, volunteerism sure uh i uh had listened to the show a lot over the years through the podcast, the first time I've called. And I really have been wanting to ask you this question since you moved from Florida. But uh, I want to give you a real simple scenario to see whether or not I have a basic understanding of voluntarianism. It's it's usually pronounced voluntarism or voluntarism. Okay. One or the other. Go ahead. That, that's what I want to talk about. But <clears throat> anyway, um, let's say a business person moved to Keene or any city, and uh, they opened a restaurant. They they voluntarily opened that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that come to work there voluntarily work there, and then, of course, the customers. 
they come there voluntarily. Right. Just to just to clarify, because I don't think voluntarist is the best word out there. Uh, a lot of people are confused the first time they hear it. When you're saying they're doing voluntarily, you're, you mean they're doing it on a consensual basis, that the, uh, the, the, the waiters aren't working for free. They're not volunteer waiters in that aspect, right? Uh, I think you're going to a break. Right. We are, indeed. Okay. And so we're going to hang on <laughs> to you here. Yep, we'll come back to you after the news in hour number three. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, pal, we'll set up the brakes. Thanks very much. <laughs> More on the way here. This is Free Talk Live. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The site allows you to actually influence what you hear on the air by submitting show prep suggestions, news stories, videos, blog posts, whatever you think is relevant. You submit it to the website. Other listeners will vote as to how they feel about it, if they like it or not. Uh, you can also vote up and down on different things, and then the most popular items make it to the front page, which means it's more likely we'll use them on the air. Freetalklive.com. Head over there, get a free account, and get interactive. The whole website is free to you. That's freetalklive.com. We go back to Paul in Kentucky. For those of you just tuning in, uh, Paul had a question about voluntarism and so let's recap this, uh, Paul, for our listeners that uh, that are just joining us here in our third oh, hour. Okay, I just want to uh, clarify something. Um, I wasn't getting the <clears throat> concept uh, confused about the uh, employees. I was just trying to say that they go to work for this employer uh, knowing uh, what the employer wants. That is, they, they agree. Uh, yeah, it's a consensual. Uh, it's a consensual activity. Right. I wasn't suggesting that you were confused. I was only making it oh, okay. clear for our audience that perhaps has never heard. Because you always have to remember when you're doing radio right. that uh, there's always the chance that somebody is just getting into their car out of the airport yeah. for the first time in in whatever city, flipping on the uh, ignition, and the the radio comes on, and and there's Paul in Kentucky talking about voluntarism, and they're saying that what the hell is voluntarism? And so you you always have to remember when you're doing radio to to kind of re- reset and, and, and explain things as, okay. as basically yeah. as possible. Uh, so when you use the term, uh, you're, you're talking about a man opening up a restaurant, we're talking about the voluntary society or the voluntarism, yeah. the idea of people... I wanted to kind of like make it the three uh, 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 individuals here. The, the, the person that starts the business, uh, nobody makes that person uh, open that business. They do it voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Same way with the uh, uh, employees and the customers. Correct. And Everybody is consenting. Yeah, they, they consent. They go to the restaurant and they see that the, this is the kind of food they want or this is the kind of payment for the food uh, or the rules, for example, a dress code. So they know all of that. And uh, <clears throat> so 
here's where I have a real disconnect with what you and others have done in Keene, and that is you've come to a city and there are people that, not yourself obviously, but other people that have voluntarily agreed to a government, okay? That is, they vote, or even if they don't vote, let's say they're apathetic, they're not necessarily in your camp, they're just they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, if you went to a restaurant and you saw that there was something that you didn't like as a customer, you wouldn't go into the restaurant true. and stay in the restaurant. You would leave. You would go to another restaurant. You, your analogy is breaking down already, and uh, and where it is breaking down is that this isn't a restaurant. Uh, that uh, yeah, I, I bought a that, I bought that. a piece of property from another private individual in a gener- in a certain uh, pol- in a certain political designation known as Keene, New Hampshire, and I don't believe in the fantasy that uh, says that a strange group of men and women actually, in point of fact, owns my property. Uh, they, they call themselves the city of Keene. I believe that I own my property, and I don't uh, subscribe to their fantasy. Now, I still pay them because uh, there are men with guns who also subscribe to their fantasy who aren't uh, afraid to use them against me. But it doesn't quite uh, – it's not analogous. Moving to a, uh, a, a region, buying property there or renting a home or whatever, moving in somewhere – is not the same as going into someone's restaurant. Well, also, I think that's where we have. That's what. I, that's the reason I said that we have a difference of opinion. And I, you know, I, re, I realize I, I've heard your show enough, and I know this, but I just wanted to get my opinion out. It's kind of like. That's why I keep going back to that restaurant. The people that preceded you, they wanted this, okay, and you came to the city, and. Okay, Paul. If you were, you're literate, you could find out what these, what the government is. Let me address that specifically, you, Paul. Excuse me. And if you don't like that, you have the option of going somewhere else, or if once you're in the city, you have the option of leaving. And that's the part. But I don't like it I anywhere, disagree. Paul. That's Wait, the I... part I disagree with you on is that you have nobody is forcing you to stay there. And nobody forced you to go there. Okay, Paul. Um, let me address those two issues. First off, I stayed where I was born, and the Yankees came and they took over the town. All right? So that was the rules as somebody besides me set them up. So geography really doesn't fit into this scenario, okay? Because I stayed right where I was born, and they still messed up the town, all right? Do you right. get that? Yeah. Okay. Now, secondly, and, and they came into your restaurant, Mark. And right, right, it was my restaurant, and the Yankees came in there. They used the rules that somebody else had set up. Um, that wasn't me in my restaurant. Somebody else set up the rules, and that's really the other point here. Is the idea is is that you're calling the town of Keene, New Hampshire, or any place a restaurant that's owned by all the people, and the people that originally bought the restaurant would have had to have bought it legitimately, right? Like you have to go in there and pay the people who own it and uh, get. Everybody who buys it to agree on it, and that didn't happen. The people of the state of New Hampshire said, "Hey, to the rest of you people who don't want to go by our rules, we're going to kill you, and you people that uh, you know the, the redskin folks, we're already killing you." So they just took the land from other people, and they said, "This is how we're going to run this restaurant, and if you don't like it, you can die." And that's the way the restaurant was set up from the beginning. So the restaurant is illegitimately owned. Okay. 
I mean, that, and that's a very important point. Now, the restaurants also set up that, hey, if you move into our um, restaurant area, you get a voice, you can uh, vote, um, you can do whatever it is you want to do. And I'm also, when I go to the restaurant, free to choose not to go by their rules, right? Like I can go to a restaurant and do what I want there and it's, you know, it's okay. They could try to kick me out, but you, but that's part of the restaurant's rules is they can't kick you out. Well, you know, as I say, I really don't want to get into an argument. I just wanted to... I'm not trying to argue. I'm trying to tell no, you no, how the restaurant saying, analogy doesn't I didn't doesn't really work. want to argue. I just wanted to get my opinion out. But now that you are talking... So, Mark, wait a minute. Just, let, let him go. Okay. I, I just, you know, I basically, the second part of uh, my comments was uh, I wanted to ask Mark that all the years that I've been hearing uh, Ian talk about calling himself a voluntarist, uh, why is it, and I'm not challenging you, I'm just curious, yeah. why is it that you don't call yourself a voluntarist? Um, I don't like, uh, because uh, people immediately want to know what that means. Uh, what, what, well, what's a voluntarist? Well, it means that I think that, uh, you know, that people should be, uh, interact in voluntary fashions. So you don't really have any issues with it, you just don't like I don't want the first thing that people say is, well, what about the roads? What about the cops? What about the courts? I don't think those are the most important liberty issues that we're dealing with in the United States of America or the state of New Hampshire or the town of Keene or the city of Keene. I think that the important issues have to do with government, wasteful government spending and intrusion in the area of of, uh, policing and all those other those uh, those areas. I think we could do a lot by ending the war on drugs, by, um, uh, you know, reducing the size of government by 75%, and then we can talk about cops, courts, and causeways. I'm curious, Luther, do you have a, a favorite term uh, that you identify uh, with? No, not really, actually. I, I don't so much like labels like that. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just Luther. Okay. Very and, good. I, and I don't mean to say that as a cop-out, like, you know, always just trying to be, you know, apolitical about it and on the fence, but no, really, like, I, I, I just like to identify with myself as myself. It makes sense. Uh, so now here's what I want to know from you, Paul, is you mentioned that you just wanted to share your opinion, and that's fine. And I just want to make sure I understand what your opinion is. Your opinion is that if I don't like the rules of a geopolitical designation that the uh, the strangers that live there, some of them calling themselves the city of fill-in-the-blank, if I don't like the rules, then I shouldn't move there in the first place, right? Right. Okay, but I didn't like the rules where I was, and I don't like the rules anywhere, because everywhere you go, unless it's to the middle of the woods somewhere, everywhere you go, there are people calling themselves governments that want to force their way on you. So what am I supposed to do? Uh, I really don't have an answer for you. Fair enough. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. My answer was to get together with other people who are sick and tired of these nonsensical rules in the same place. That place is New Hampshire. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are free, including our bulletin board system with over 
500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, silly nonsense. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. One of the great ways to stand up against the aggressive state and its uh, constant growth is by using the judicial system, by not just bowing down whenever the government gives you some new order to pay them money. But don't go into court unarmed. First, go to Jurisdictionary.com. Jurisdictionary is a course to, well, that can teach the, the average eighth grader in 24 hours how to use the court system, how to draft pleadings, understand courts, the court's power, get evidence from opponents, motions, hearings, uh, affirmative defenses, legal research. It's Jurisdictionary.com. It's a great course, and it's uh, not only endorsed by, by me, who is uh, going through the course right now, but uh, by our co-host, Sam. And... Um, I think that you will find it to be very useful. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Going to Dale, listening in Arizona. Dale, you're on Free Talk Live, the Luther and Mark. Hey, guys. Um, I uh, wanted to call in just real quickly to give you an update of what's going on here today. There's a big uh, radio traffic down here about the, the immigration bill that's being signed. Yeah, it's a big bill. Um, big deal. Yeah. Um, but before I go into that, uh, just the, the last caller that I caught reminded me of something funny, the way he was talking about, like, we decided on this, and, like, we killed the Indians, we won the war. Um, it reminds me of this skit from Saturday Night Live, where it was uh, Harry Carey, and uh, <laughs> the Harry Carey show, and he says to the guy, he goes, hey, when are we going to the moon? And the guy says, well, we went there 30 years Harry uh, ago, Harry, and he goes, no, I met you and I. <laughs> um, anyway, um, that's so, just uh, breaking the collectivist speak there. But, yeah, I wanted to, um, to tell you about what's going on here because, like, the, the big station here, KFYI, is the, the neocon station. Is um, Phoenix? Are you in Phoenix? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's it. right. And um, so and so today you're, you're hearing all kinds of, like, both sides or supposedly both sides of it. And, you know, the left mostly is concerned about racial profiling, but I don't think they really understand what it's all about. Um, right. Oh, sorry, so what we're talking about, just to bring our listeners up to speed, in case they don't know, I guess there's this really kind of draconian police state uh, immigration bill that has it's been signed by the, the governor now in Arizona. As yeah, I understand it's, it. It, it's basically it hasn't gone it been enacted yet, but it is law. Right. To where a police officer can simply approach you on the street and demand you show him uh, proof of your governmentalness, your citizenship or whatever that uh, that you show ID to the police officers. Am I understanding that's that correct. right, uh, Dale? Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's that's exactly why I called in. It's because I wanted to point out that um, nowhere on the, on any of these perspectives that you hear on the radio down here, or the supposed two sides of the debate, are you going to actually understand the core meaning of what's happening here? It, um, only only that I've I've listened to you guys for over a year, and I've learned about the experiences with people doing nothing wrong, but being forced to show a a license to drive when they're not driving um, and, and learning about never get busted and, you know, you don't have to answer to the cops. Only have, after lear- learning about that have I broken that knee-jerk reaction of just showing ID. You know, even if I'm not driving a car, I just show it, you know? Right. Um, 
but now and you've stopped Reiner, now you've stopped doing that however they're they're essentially going to make that illegal that is if the cop asks I, you to sh- uh, demands that you show ID now they're going to call that a crime if you don't papers but, uh, that's, that's what they're going to do but I think that I, I think that the left has a very strong point here in the racial pro- profiling oh, they're thing. right about because it. if you know if I as a white guy get asked to show my ID um, you know if somebody perceives me as a white guy I should say the a police officer perceives me as a white guy mm. um, it, it's far less likely that they're just going to say hey son show me your ID, unless I'm, you know, a rabble rouser or something like that, in which case they'll use the law against me for that purpose. Right. And, and, and that's wrong, no doubt. But imagine for a second that you look good in Mexican, and they just, you know, <laughs> everywhere you go, every time you see a cop, they've got a profile. They basically have to profile you because you're a, there's a very good chance, a much larger chance that you're an illegal immigrant as a Mexican-looking guy than you are as a white-looking guy. A so-called illegal immigrant. I don't think you can be an illegal person. I think that's a government concept. But nonetheless, uh, you're right, Mark, uh, that the the left, if you want to u- use that term in this case, is absolutely correct that certainly this uh, this law will be used for racial profiling. But I think what Dale is trying to point out here is that they're missing the real issue, and that is that the left would have no problem if they were just going after everybody equally. If if the cops were out demanding ID of everybody that they see, regardless of the color of their skin, well, that'd be fine by them. Uh, is that what the point you're? Is that the point you're making? Yeah, because um, you know I, I've been getting so excited after you know I'll see a pork fest and all that, and I've been I've been being so strong about being um, standing up for myself. Now I see this as like, oh man! Now when you know two or three years down the road, when cops learn that they can you know push the boundaries, mission creep here, I could say, well, I'm not driving, officer. And then even though I'm I'm totally a white kid, they can say, oh yeah, well, how about if I pretend you're Mexican? Now you do, and. What, the, the thing that really jumped out was pretty disgusting comment. One of the, the morning guys here, as he said, uh, he, you could tell that he was really irritated over the past five or six years during especially the building boom here that there are always a lot of Mexicans uh, at Home Depot wanting, wanting work sitting out there. And, yeah. he, you know, before, before now, because they, they weren't in vehicles, oh, well, the cops couldn't shake him down. But he, he, he was gloating mm. like now. You know, even if they're not in vehicles, they do have to show a driver's license, and and I I just picked up on that because of the, what you know what you guys talk about all the time with, uh, you know, not having to show ID, but now Dale, I do you, will. Do you know what the cons- consequences are alleged to be if one does not display the government ID card? Nah, not even yet. I'm just yeah tuning in as it goes. I'd be um, curious about that. I mean, I, I'd be curious to find out what is they it can there. probably hold you until you, they can as, ascertain. They've as, done it here in New Hampshire. Yeah. They've done that in New Hampshire. Yeah. If you don't, if they don't know who yeah. you are, they'll just hold you indefinitely. Just curious Damn, as to yeah, yeah. I'm just curious as to what they uh, what it is they're saying. So, uh, so you are a free state. Are you a free state project participant? Or are you just coming up for Porkfest to check things out, or what's going on there? Oh. Yeah, I signed up last year, and then I got this job out here to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think I may still come up to New Hampshire in the next couple of years after I've got a good amount of capital saved up where yeah. I can be free sense. to start my own business or something. But I'll definitely kick it up there in June with you guys. Absolutely, well, Dale. That makes total sense. My recommendation to you is do not uh, do your activism down in Arizona. But maybe in, yeah. maybe in Phoenix where they do have a, a you know, Ernie's pretty, um, Ernie Hancock's pretty active down there. But gosh, uh, you know, I've seen so many people get excited about the idea of the Free State Project, excited about activism, decide, I'm going to start a little bit early. And then they spend the next two years trying to sort out the crap that they were doing in the, the previous state after they've moved up to New Hampshire. Save your activism yeah, for New Hampshire. I, 
I've been hanging out with Freedom's Phoenix. Yeah, they're they're cool guys. Oh, great, great. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking with Ernie recently, and of course, we just got him on uh, the Liberty Radio Network, and uh, he's a seems like a really great guy. And he came up, of course, uh, for the Liberty Forum recently, and I think it's great that you're involved with them. So maybe you can be like our free stater on the inside, and uh, you can spend the next couple of years working <laughs> uh, working to persuade as many of the Freedom's Phoenix as possible uh, folks as possible to come up here. Yeah. Okay, guys. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam and a chat room. They're all mixed in together on the same page. You can chat and you can watch and listen all at the same time and it's all free at cam.freetalklive.com and the cam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. At up to 99% off list price. MemoryDealers.com also can offer you customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. They're in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery at MemoryDealers.com. Obviously, your, your customized uh, uh, you know, private labeling isn't in stock and ready to ship. That's going to take a little sure. bit of time, but it's MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Luther, uh, do you have the story about the SEC Securities Exchange I, Commission? I do, in fact. Um, I believe that's up. what... Are those the people that deal with the, the, the trading market? The SEC yeah, they, uh, Commission. they regulate the laws based on... Uh, uh, securities. They're the ones keeping us safe from the big bankers and, uh, you know, <laughs> problems that say banks that, uh, you know, dispense uh, fiat currency of the federal government of getting too uh, aggressive with, uh, you know, the dispensing of this fiat currency. You know, they don't uh, you wouldn't want that. So the SEC is there to protect the American public from uh, these greedy bankers. How, and, uh, you know, you got to really wonder, how's that going? Well, really bad. Uh, <laughs> there was a housing bubble, you know? Yeah, not too well, apparently. And uh, according to this, it's actually a good thing that they're not doing their job correctly. Um, it's called On Behalf of a Grateful Nation. On Behalf of a Grateful Nation. Where's like- this from again? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from the uh, Center for the Stateless Society. Okay, great. Um um, uh, Thomas Knapp wrote this. Uh, on behalf oh, of a- Thomas Knapp, by the way, who has uh, endorsed Keene. Uh, Thomas Knapp is oh, a uh, sort of one of the more noteworthy libertarian bloggers out there and uh, seems oh. like a really cool this guy. Is, uh, this is the first article I've read of his, and I, I, I 
immediately was drawn to it. It's it's gripping. It's hilarious. It's it's really fun. It's m- great. my kind of thing. So, on behalf of a grateful nation, I'd like to thank the porn industry. Yes, really. According to a memo attained by the Associated Press and reported on at Politico, top staffers at the Securities Exchange Commission used internet pornography to <coughs> get a grip on themselves <laughs> as the U.S. economy ground ground toward collapse in 2008. So the uh, employees of the SEC were uh, watching, watching porn. porn rather than watching the banks. Yes, as the uh, the entire nation's economy crumbled. Okay, yes. according to another version of the report, that attorney uh, that attorney have spent up to eight hours a day. In other words, his oh, I'm sorry, I that same it. attorney. Uh, yep, the guy that was watching porn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one SEC attorney in Washington kept burned CDs and DVDs of pornography downloaded on his government computer the hard drive of which was filled with explicit material. Another SEC employee was blocked access from pornography, pornographic websites more than 16,000 times in one month. Wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a- according to another re- version of that report. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot, a lot of porn of... watching. <laughs> Wait, so he was blocked from accessing those websites, meaning he... Yeah, it sounds like every minute of his workday he was trying to get onto porn. Right, and so they've got a system that keeps him out of it, but yet somehow the other guy managed to get through and, and get some of it. Yeah, so. download some, it sounds like. So they've got a system that keeps him out, but he was trying over and over and over and over again? <laughs> That's my understanding. Maybe I'm, mis- maybe maybe, I'm misunderstanding Maybe his computer it. got uh, you know, bugged up by one of these uh, porn sites, and then it just kept on trying. Who knows, who knows. That, yeah, that is literally a porn site per minute, basically. I just, uh, just ran the numbers here. Wow. Uh, it was so... Uh, yeah, so... He couldn't have been getting any work done. It breaks down to 66 porn sites per hour, basically. Wow. According to another version of that <laughs> report... On an eight-hour day, by the way. I didn't take a break out for lunch or anything like that. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> According to another version of that, the report, the attorney above spent up to eight hours a day. Yeah, like he says. Yep. <laughs> In other words, his full work day building his porn collection. Naturally, this report has been greeted by considerable moralizing, complaining, and posturing. But I'm grateful. Yes, really. Yes, it's an abusive waste of taxpayer money to furnish someone with a state-of-the-art PC and high-speed internet connection and then pay him $200,000 per year. At Jeez. least 17 of the investigated employees were in that salary range, and I think there were a total of 33, mm-hmm. so that's a little over half, uh, to sit in front of the, that PC and flog the dolphin. But think of the alternatives. What if they had been doing their jobs? The very idea sends chills running down my spine and cues up cheesy horror flick music in the back of my head. The Securities Exchange Commission is an independent quasi-judicial regulatory agency charged with administering the Securities Act of 1933, the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, the Trust Indenture Act of 1939, the Investment uh, Company Act of 1940, the Investment Advisors Act of 1940, the Surbanes-Oxley Act of 2002, and the Credit Rating Agency Reform Act of 2006. I thought um, Sarbanes-Oxley uh, was was uh, was over. I thought that that didn't count anymore. Anyway. It, it might not. It doesn't mention. Uh, to put it a different way, the SEC's primary mission is selective restraint of trade for the benefit of the political class. If your company is well connected to in Washington, the SEC's job is to grease the skids for and give a patina of regulatory credibility to your latest cockamamie scheme <laughs> for defrauding the public. Mortgage, so, like a like a uh, mortgage Goldman backed, Sachs. Yeah, mortgage. Uh, it says right here, mortgage-backed securities, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, if you're buddy buddy uh, with the state, then they kind of leave you alone, and then if not, then they might go after you real hardcore. Right. Uh, if your company isn't well-connected in Washington, the SEC's job is to wrap you in miles of red tape, 
throw you into the Potomac, and push your head back under the water if you manage to surface for air. Whatever it takes to keep you from competing with the previously mentioned class of companies. If the SEC, if the SEC's 4,000 or so employees have spent eight hours a day doing their jobs in the last 75 years, we'd be royally screwed. The economy, mm. economy wouldn't have collapsed in 2008 because there wouldn't be any economy left to collapse in 2008. Half the security traders in America would be in jail and on charges of contempt of bureaucratic, of bureaucrat, <clears throat> and other half would be uh, gaily hawking derivatives back uh, by your presumed rate of toe jam production and or the probability of a monkey hitting trees t- uh, uh, three twenties in a row at darts. I I love this uh, because basically what he's saying here is that. To these employees who are supposedly, you know, very highly paid uh, mm-hmm. government employees that you would presume would have taken this job because they believe in this. You know, we believe in doing this regulatory work. This is our calling. This is what we do. We are government bureaucrats and we are the SEC. That uh, porn is more important to them than uh, than their role of uh, the enforcer in the government's network. Mm-hmm. That, 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 uh, that sex videos is more motivating to them than than doing their supposed jobs. It's it, you're, he's absolutely right. It's it's great news. Yep. I mean, not that I want to pay them to do anything. Right, I don't want to pay them right. to watch sex videos either. I just don't want to pay them. Uh, but in the scheme of things, what he's saying <laughs> is this is preferable. Yeah. The absolute best result that we can expect from the government regulatory agency is that it will function as a slight drag on the economy. Dead weight. After we sell out money uh, to build a fancy office, hire some secretaries for their bureaucrats to sexually harass, send them out on uh, out on a Best Buy shopping spree and put them on on their monthly welfare check, if we're lucky, the worst that will happen is they'll uh, content themselves with internet porn, outrageous salaries, and obscene fringe benefits, or and otherwise keep pretty much to themselves. Yeah, I mean, who wants to work? If you're a government bureaucrat, you don't actually, in many cases, depending on the role, I mean, some of them... Like the road crews, they actually end up doing something once enough money's been thrown at something. Mm-hmm. But uh, with a more desk type of job, who who really wants to? I mean, if you can get away with uh, sitting and surfing the the web all day and not actually doing lifting one finger to do anything that is your supposed job, then that's what they're going to do. And it sounds like that's what they've done. It reminds me of a guy I used to work with at uh, the radio station in Sarasota. He was called Scott the Burnout. And at one time, really not really cool guy. Um, he was fine at what he did at the radio station, but at one point he got a job with the government, the state of Florida. He was uh, an orange inspector, so he would drive around to different orange groves, groves. and he would look for little bugs and uh, rot and whatever it is that infects oranges, that kind of thing. Yeah, cankers. And basically, the way he was paid, or the way that they knew he was doing his job, was by how many miles he put on his truck each day. So he would just drive around, smoke pot, and, uh, and you know, that wow. was his job. More coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can uh, support us by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's less than the cost of, in some cases, a cup of coffee. Uh, but it makes a difference for us because when a bunch of people send in 3 bucks a month, it adds up and it allows us to reach out to, uh, to radio stations, expose new people uh, to the ideas of freedom, not just through the radio but also on the Internet. We do Google uh, AdWords advertising. We're reaching out to the stations. I was just uh, called back by a radio program director today who I'd never spoken with before. And it's always nice when this happens where I ask if they've heard of the show Still, most of the time, despite all the outreach we've done, a lot of them haven't. Uh, but this was one that did, and he saw our ads in Talkers Magazine, and so that was good because it, it was the advertising that the Free Talk Live amplifiers did that kind of paved the way for me to get that call back in the first place. If we hadn't been advertising in Talkers, uh, as long as we have, which is kind of the industry publication for talk radio, then there's a good chance he might not have been familiar with the program, meaning he might not have even called me back uh, in the first place. So the, the Free Talk Live AMP program makes a difference. It's the primary reason why this show has grown in five years from a handful of affiliates to coming up on 75. We're at 73 now. And it's all because of listeners like you who are giving three bucks a month to the show. And you're getting perks. You get bonuses like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, as well as uh, the AMP-only podcast, which is commercial-free. So go and get details. Get signed up. Any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options. At amp.freetalklive.com. Stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Amp.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. It's liberty-minded news for liberty-minded folks. This Ridleyographer is based out of Savannah, Georgia, and is currently doing a series where he's interviewing all the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar girls. You can find these lovely Lola ladies and their interviews at our very own Free Talk Live Shrine of Female Listeners. You can find all the rest of his stories at lclreport.com, and sometimes even on our new FTL website. Feel free to vote up his stories, if you like, on our new website at freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Luther is here sharing with us. And I guess in a, a piece from Thomas Knapp. Now, the website is what again? The Center for a Stateless Society. Excellent. Uh, Thomas Knapp, and he's talking about the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. Apparently, there's been there's been some outrage about how their lawyers, who are paid over $200,000 a year, have apparently been spending, in some cases, eight hours a day in their office looking at pornography they found thousands upon thousands of files right. uh, also they found that one of the uh, the lawyers was querying porn sites 16,000 times a month or something like yeah, that yeah yeah uh which just basically breaks down to all day every single day that that uh, that he was at work and so of course there's much outrage about the story but Tom's perspective is that this is great news that if you're going to have these bureaucrats around rather than going after companies and and aggressing against them in the name of the state yeah Better to have them just, you know, With touching their hands themselves. Full. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll continue. And he's, he wraps it up here real quick. Uh, if we're not lucky, he's talking about how if we're lucky, they're going to do just that. Uh, if we're not lucky, they'll decide to try and actually do whatever it was, uh, it is, that they were supposedly hired to do. And that's when things get really stupid. A bureaucrat on a crusade makes a bull in a china shop look like, mm. like, well... Like something not as bad as a bowl in a china shop. <laughs> and so I salute the membership of the Securities Exchange Commission's chapter of Porn Connoisseurs International. <laughs> not for anything good they did, but for harm they avoided doing. 
If we avoid a second Great Depression, we may have them and the staff of Pick Hunter and You Porn to thank. Pick Hunter? Oh, so it's a porn site. Yeah. Got it. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me the story of an episode of Penn and Teller's BS, which is a great show. People, if you haven't seen it, make a, make a point of uh, taking a look yeah, at it. I, I believe uh, a lot of the seasons are on uh, Netflix Instant Watch. Oh, great. That's yeah. great news. I didn't know that. Uh, and in some of them, you can, I don't think all of them, but some of them you can find if you just go and you look for it online. Right. It'll come up on Google Video or, or YouTube and that kind of thing. Uh, so highly recommend it. One of the episodes was, I think, about Homeland Security. Yeah, <laughs> and so they were calling BS on Homeland Security. Now, Mark, you haven't seen the entire series, right? You haven't seen all of uh, Penn and Teller. Uh, no. Okay. So, have you seen the episode where they set people up in the, the security truck outside of the house? No. Okay. Here's what they did. They uh, they wanted to test this idea of Homeland Security. Of course, it's it's pro- it's promoted in the media as though the government's out there keeping you safe. I mean, we hear people call in on this show on, on Saturday night, and we have our largest audience of, of kind of the people that are in the system. They call in and they say, you know, if we're, if we're talking about terrorism and I make a, a, the claim that I don't really believe there are terrorists in America because otherwise they would be attacking, there's nothing stopping them from going out and setting a bomb off somewhere or running a truck into the side of a building or gasoline truck or something like that. Like, they're all kinds of things that somebody who wanted to uh, to do violence could do and so it's my position that well there aren't terrorists in the united states because nothing's happening right seems like it's more like a, just a poor man's war against uh the united states government to me a poor man's war by uh, by whom well it's a lot cheaper to crash a plane into a building than it is to you know hire all these defense companies to build these really intricate high-tech planes you know and bombs and stuff sure. like that yeah well, then, yeah, there was the guy that co- that crashed that plane into the, the recently. Right. There was the guy in Austin, uh, but he was just kind of a lone dude, and and that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He got away with it because it didn't require any real planning or anything like that, right. as you're saying. He just went and did it, right. and he got away with it. And, and so, and it's th- these aren't happening every day here in the country. But they could be if there really was a terrorist right. threat. They if they could wanted be. to, they could probably get away with it. So, so what they did was they wanted to examine uh, the this whole concept of homeland security. Since it's so important, surely they should be able to, uh, you know, find some people that are willing to you know, be enforcers of the uh, the homeland security rule. So they posed as the Department of Homeland Security, and I don't know how they did this because that's that's probably a federal crime. But you know, they somehow got people to believe that they were hiring or that they were. They were looking to hire people for the Department of Homeland Security, that kind of thing. They, mm-hmm. they put the word out. I don't know what their, their methods were to get the people maybe classified. Craigslist. Cra- Craigslist, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, get paid very well, work for the security of the country, Homeland Security, come on, get these jobs, right? So yeah. the, the call went out. People, uh, they came in. They put in their applications and they took some of them and they uh, they they brought them on board and they went through uh, they they went through some tr- some basic training as to how to use this equipment and they were put on assignment and they are basically sitting in the back of the an intelligence van where they've got a camera that's mounted uh, that can be rotated so they've got a little joy pad and it's you know one of those 360 cameras or whatever where you can pretty much move it wherever you want to mm-hmm. and you can zoom in and zoom out and and their job was to keep an eye on a house 
uh, because they've been told that there was a terrorist suspect that was living in that house and that they that uh, you know they had intelligence to say that this guy's going out to meet with his terror cell and that they need them to keep their eyes on the house all night to make sure that this guy doesn't leave it's a it's just a basically an operation to where it's pretty simple right you, yeah. you watch the house yeah. make sure this guy doesn't go anywhere if so let us know key up on your radio and and let us know what's happening yeah so the stage was set. You've got this uh, bureaucrat who's, you know, very gung-ho about, supposedly, about the idea of keeping people safe, right? I mean, here's their opportunity. This is it. They can help catch a terrorist. And so they're sitting there, and they're scanning around with their camera, and they look, you know, looking around, looking around. And they look next door because the windows are open, and there's a woman. She's topless. She's climbing on top of a man, and uh, they're zooming in. They're looking over there, and yep. and basically what they what they showed was that these these people who I think and they interviewed them, and they they were very excited about their opportunity to you know catch a terrorist. Yeah, that they were watching the the woman uh, you know having sex with her boyfriend in the house next door. They couldn't be watching the house they yeah, were supposed it was to like be watching. Kind of like a soap opera, wasn't he? Was uh, cheating on his his wife or something, and yeah. then the wife came home in the middle of the act or something like that. It was something to distract yeah, yeah, them. Something and, uh, you know, juicy and interesting. <laughs> they let the security of the country go to the wayside to watch some sexy things going on. Yeah. I mean, this was how easy it was to uh, yeah. dissuade them and from then, doing their job. And then the fake boss comes in and busts them, and uh, you know, really, really. <laughs> <laughs> strings it along makes them think oh you got the tape right you know yeah because because <laughs> while they were watching the the house they weren't supposed to be watching the guy that was supposed terrorist left the house and they didn't even know <laughs> yep. so that this kind of yeah, reminds and, and me only of that. one guy actually kept watching the house for for i think for a second really? he he started but yeah and then he went right back to and, and i don't remember how many people that they had right. uh, do I don't, this i don't remember if they mentioned it was, you know, I, I think it's fairly revealing. And so it's very similar to this. I mean, instead of actually doing what they've been assigned to do by the government, they spent their time, these lawyers spent their time uh, looking at pornography. And in the case of the Homeland Security, when the security of the country was on the line, they were looking at porn. Basically. Watching people hump. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been Ian here with you. And Luther. And Mark. All right. We'll return uh, tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition of the program. You can join us then. And join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.